Hi, I'm Ms. Filer, and welcome to the Pivoters Podcast 10 minute interviews with micro business owners who are innovating during COVID 19. Be inspired and get great ideas to help your business at this time. Let's get into it. Warren Woon, welcome to the Pivoters Podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. Our listeners today will be in a bit of a treat to be able to hear not only your journey, but the strategy uh, behind the decisions that you've made since COVID hit. And what is interesting is that your industry is probably one of the most affected, uh, aside from travel and tourism, which is entertainment and events. So we're very curious to hear what you have to say today. So if you could start just by telling us a little bit about your personal journey into business and how things were going up to February this year for you. Um, Thanks, Miriam, for having me. Um, So, yes, you are correct. Uh, My industry is one of the most severely affected, Um, even though I'm not the actual event organizer. As an events technology company, I support um, the events industry. So pre-COVID, we were already having a slight tough time uh, because we had liabilities that we had to take care of and also competition from um, other um, events technology company was getting pretty intense, um, particularly from companies overseas that had a much larger war chest and also resources. Plus, there was some sort of a price war happening. So it wasn't really to our advantage. Um, so it was already a pretty tough time for us, and we were trying to um, plan out our um, years ahead. Um, and thankfully, we did sometime in November, December of last year when we started thinking, what could be next in the events industry? And um, we're thinking, hey, you know, perhaps virtual events is something that's going to be the thing. And also having immersive experiences uh, will be something that uh, the future audience would want to uh, enjoy. So that was something that we planned um, late last year. Um, Thankfully that we did because uh, came January this year when the news of the COVID started spreading and shows started postponing and we started panicking a little bit. And it wasn't until February when events started canceling when, um, you know, we had to hit the, the panic button. And then it all got serious. So, you know, I have spoken to people in the events industry and, How receptive were they, even in December, when you were looking at virtual events and immersive experiences? How hard was it to convince at the time of quite a traditional events industry uh, that even that change could be made, not even knowing what was going to come? Did you struggle with convincing them that there could be a technological change? The industry wasn't ready. Um, For example, I have um, a couple of contacts that are in the corporate event space. Um, they do, um, they provided this uh, virtual platform for corporate events. And I believe at that time in my industry where live entertainment and um, music events, um, virtual events is, is kind of um, not something that, that's uh, like a mainstay of an event. And post COVID, uh, look, it looks like the events and entertainment industry is not going to be coming back anytime soon. 
have you evolved your offering over these past few months? Are you working together with the industry or helping them to envision something that is totally beyond what they can see at the moment? There, there are a number of um, events online, um, like the Travis Scott event on Fortnite. Um, but that, to me, um, is something that is very rare um, for the staple group of organizers. They don't really have those kind of resources to, to reach out to like millions and millions of viewers. They don't have the, the base uh, globally to activate um, viewers to come online to watch them. So a lot of these organizers still rely on their existing base of viewers and, and also the, the marketing resources that they have. While we would like for organizers to come to us um, to tell us what they want to do, I think a lot of it also has to be driven from our side, the technology side, to show them what's possible. So in the midst of creating our live streaming platform, a fully integrated live streaming platform, we uncovered um, other clients that normally wouldn't be our client profile, small businesses that had their stores closed during the, the lockdown um, and they still needed to do business, but they have very little uh, online presence or their online presence is not supplemented with uh, media or e-commerce. So they were exploring other avenues to reach out to their uh, customer base. Um, so that's one. And during the whole process of creating this live streaming platform, uh, we then felt that it was um, important for us to then quickly fast track our future plans in the immersive space, um, which was what led to the rollout of our 360 immersive technology, uh, which was then um, uh, recently announced together with our new performing arts and creative production partner called Sightlines Entertainment. Yeah, so that was the whole process because we needed to show what was possible so that people uh, could visualize then what they can possibly do, you know, rather than me trying to like explain myself to death and no one gets it. So we want to just show it, you know, so we did a proof of concept. And ever since then, our phone has been off the hook. Our emails are just coming in. And we're seeing now um, interested, um, well, inquiries from various other um, sectors like manufacturing, fast-moving consumer goods, real estate, entertainment space too. We have like big names um, inviting us out to lunch, hospitality names, um, even government agencies are now super interested in, in what we have to offer. That's fantastic. Oh, congratulations. Uh, one of the things I want to pick up on, on what you just mentioned was this... Uh, idea of partnering and you said you've created a partnership uh, obviously when crisis happens and for smaller businesses you know collaboration is really key uh, to growing a business uh, especially in a competitive environment the collaboration can give you you know extra push and extra competitive edge uh, if you could just talk us through that process of reaching out to partners what you look for uh, in you know finding a suitable partner especially now and any tips you can give to some of our sure. businesses yeah so I think um, um, finding the right partner is like a dating game right so if you've ever been on a date uh, you know what I mean so you know you go through a lot of dates you know having someone you know having a drink with or having a meal with you sometimes you don't have that connection connection so to speak 
Um, and then once in a great while, you've come along, um, you come across a, a potential partner that just strikes you as someone that is, has, is on the same wavelength as you, and you complete each other's sentences <laughs> in terms of ideas and whatnot. So this is what happened with uh, Sightlines Entertainment. Um, just to show you how fast things were moving, um, everything started with just a random comment on Facebook by um, uh, one of my shareholders on the post um, whom he's not friends with of the, uh, the author. He was just, he just somehow he appeared on his feed and then he just commented on it and I replied back and then that was how everything started. So from that day till the launch of our um, proof of concept was only six weeks. That was how fast things were moving because I really could not believe um, like how much we thought alike with Sightline Entertainment. Um, and um, I, I, I had to get my partner, my tech director involved and just get him to vet, like if I'm really like just crazy thinking about this. So um, he felt the same. Um, the two partners at Sightlines Entertainment felt the same. And we just kept pushing. Like we didn't know if it was gonna work, if people were gonna be receptive, if what we um, were gonna introduce would be something that the performing arts industry would need. So it was actually a huge gamble really um and and thankfully you know the um uh, the media well the pr company that we used um did a great job um engaging the media so um it was all the different moving parts that came into place and it just worked out so well yeah what a great story uh i guess yeah when you find those collaboration partners i mean you can just take off in in yeah trajectories that you never was, thought and in industries that you possibly right. never even right it was a breath of fresh air really like um you know just just like uh, late last year we were figuring out how to stay competitive and keeping ourselves alive now we're like trying to um gather resources and hire you know hire people um in the midst of all these uh crazy times that we're in right now so it's it's really a breath of fresh air it is a breath of fresh air to hear stories of success. Uh, one of the things you talked about was speed and obviously working with a sense of urgency. Is this something that has been quite new for you to kind of have to work at that speed? Do you have any tips or advice to some of the other businesses on how to really work, you know, best with a sense of urgency and work fast and smart? So, so I think there is a lot of talk out there, like the different schools of thought, like to put in the least time with the most effort, right? So um, I guess that Tim Ferry's idea, the four hour work week is not really for me. Um, if I had a work that requires four hours a week, I would probably add in 10 other work jobs to make it 40 hours a week. So try to get more done. Um, so this startup isn't the only thing I'm involved in. I'm involved in three other um, business entities, um, some of which I run, some of which I'm um, 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 intimately involved in. So working has always been um, in me. I just can't sit still. Um, so even, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm actually a, a natural born lazy ass, pardon my language, but um, um, I like to, to take on challenges. Um, and I think when opportunity strikes, you need to know that it is an opportunity because if you let it slip by, chances are it won't happen again. 
Um, so like it's, it's, it's there's, there's a lot of philosophical thinking behind this. And I think I've experienced enough pain in my career to, to realize that um, I just can't sit idly by. I mean, some people, granted, I have friends that, who lost their jobs and whatnot during this uh, lockdown. But also I see a fair number of them um, not getting demoralized by what they're, what they're going through. Like they're still trying to seek out business ideas, collaborations, as you pointed out, and then also seek out alternate um, employment. Um, as long as we don't give up, um, and that's the mindset that I have, uh, we can always find that little silver lining, so to speak, and then maybe perhaps a pot of gold at, a rain, uh, at the end of the rainbow. So... <laughs> I think that is the perfect sentiment to end this episode of the Pivoters podcast. Warren Woon, I am thrilled that you were on our show today. Thank you so much for such a fascinating story, great insights, a dash of hope and rainbows <laughs> for the, the businesses listening. Thank you so much for being Thanks on the so show much. today. Thanks, Miriam. And while I've got you here, why don't you come over and join us at Busy, the world's micro business, media and community platform. We'll help you transform your micro business into a mighty one.